Hello and welcome to session 42 of the One Love Art Sessions, Longevity 2 or Longevity Squared, the second <laughs> of the longevities. <laughs> I'm James LJ. I'm Crespo. And I'm Jose. Uh, and today we're going to be talking about longevity again. But first, um, Candido, you, you brought us an article from Juxtapose um, and it's about Jim Henson. And we were like, oh, Jim Henson, why is he in the news? Uh, is he back? <laughs> he said he was back. I was confused because I I guess I missed the article being shared. Yeah. And then uh -huh. in the group chat, you guys are like, oh, in the news, we're going to talk about Jim Henson. And I was like, oh, is he back? Like, that's cool. Have like, we progressed that much in technology where we've already... Bro, well, you never know. Like, he could have passed and he could have been like cryogenically freeze me until you can <laughs> muppetize me and bring me back as like a super muppet, right? <laughs> <laughs> the thing is i was Not looking for i was looking for like what art exhibitions what art shows were going on and and um mm -hmm. i saw that i saw that jim that there was an article in, on uh on jim henson and on juxtapose and it's just sparked my curiosity because i because the same thing like jay said like why why jim henson why him all of a sudden and it's just an exhibition you know honoring honoring the man for what he does and everything he brought to uh that particular industry you know specifically puppeteering um but there is some years. 15 years 50 50 oh i, I was yeah. like i was like 15 that can't be right yeah 50 uh -huh. years um and so all that to say you know there is a connection here and i'll, I'll let jose take over oh thank you yeah so i bring you the You're article welcome. now you tie it together well i mean jim henson uh today we're talking about longevity right and clearly jim henson stands out the name is iconic um his creations are iconic now that we're fathers you know, the characters have lived on not only through our, you know, entire lifetime since we were babies and kids, but now, you know, they can start fresh. This universe that he's created, the Jim Henson expanded Muppet universe. Um, so just a testament to the, the characters that he's created, um, um, the legacy of puppeteering and, and sort of animation. Um, so today we're talking about longevity. So what does it take? for something in the arts to achieve that level of longevity to transcend decades and, you know, centuries, right? How do we know the artists from, you know, the, the 1700s? Not all yeah. of them, but some of them have per, uh, persevered uh, and are famous. So what, what does it take to kind of leave your legacy, leave your stamp? Well, I, I, I do want to say that they, the show itself, which actually, uh, grabbed my attention is uh is taking place at contemporary jewish museum in san francisco and if you're listening to this and depending on when you're listening to this the show runs until august 14 2022 tremendous um uh, no go ahead go ahead no, no I, was just, I, was, I was just gonna say i mean in terms of longevity and legacy and um you know before before kind of we came on air we had a little kind of dad sesh here, right? Um, and it's awesome because I think as dads now, we get to redo childhood a bit, right? And and kind of go through all those things again um, and see what's changed. And, um, and I think I mentioned you guys before, like since you can access kind of like all the Sesame Streets now, mm -hmm. um, I went back one day with Dylan and went back to May of 1983. And I'm like, this is when daddy was born. This is Sesame Street. And we're watching it. And I'm like, 
this isn't that great. Like, <laughs> I mean, at the time, it was probably really yeah. awesome. Um, yeah, so and, I, and I wanted to show it to him because now if everyone doesn't know, like Sesame Street is like 30 minutes long. It's very just like, you know, everything hits kids really fast. They, they talk about something, they move on. They talk about something, move on. And I was like, this is too quick. Like, I missed the old Sesame Street. And then I watched that one and I was like, oh, I get it. Like, I don't have the attention span for this. And, and Dylan was just like, yeah, no, this, this three minute sketch is just way too long for my, for my one-year-old brain. Right. Um, and they probably had a lot of adult influences, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But the way, it. the way, uh-huh. and I think that's, what's awesome. And one thing to tie in longevity, I think the biggest, the, the biggest thing in longevity to me is the ability to adapt and to grow. Right. Someone has someone stays in or, or something evolves and grows. And that's how it stays relevant. Right. And Jim Henson, the Muppets, all that is a prime example because it's so based on uh, the child's brain, how they absorb things and how they process things. Right. And that we've learned so much since in this example, 1983, about right. how a child um, sees the world, how they garner information, how, you know, the best way to deliver that, right? And, and, and things like, you know, in 1983, they weren't talking about STEM or, you know, those, those, those items, right? And they understand that, you know, back then, everything was very rudimentary and fundamental and very foundational. And now it's like, no, we can actually push kids beyond that at a very young age, right? Because their brains can actually process that at younger ages than we ever thought. So, you know, that, that idea of longevity is, is being able to take a step back and be like, yeah, I might've done something for X amount of years. Um, but you know, how do I, how do I learn? How do I grow? How do I do it better? How do I do it different? Right. And I think if we look at any, any, uh, platform, any person, any, you know, medium, that's, that's the the key to me, I think. Yeah. And how to stay relevant, stay with the times. That was really well said. Yeah. We, I mean, we have we have perspectives in our respective industries, but, uh, you know, we got somebody joining with us that, uh, has a a different experience than the three of us do. And, um, I'm really interested to, you know, hear hear his story. So, um, Donovan Christie Jr. is an actor known for his roles in praise or fall from grace to get down the night of in loving, uh, if loving you is wrong and Chicago PD to name a few. Ultimately he's a passionate, passionate creative with a tremendous drive. He's also a dear friend of ours. So this is sort of like a reunion. Um, Donovan, what did we miss? What should our audience know about you? Um, well, I mean, aside from being a, 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 an actor or an artist in that capacity, um, I mean, I'm an artist of life. You know what I mean? I, I'm a true believer that um, life is our canvas. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm a dad, I'm a brother. Um, I'm a husband, uh, I'm, I'm, and, and those things are actually uh, pivotal and central to my being and, and, and to facilitating, you know, what I do as an actor and as an artist is one of the, one of the sayings I say all the time is my, my life informs my art and my art informs my life. And that is why I do what I do and why I love doing what I do. And so, uh, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't you know, uh, give a shout out to all those people, to my family, to, um, to my wife, geez, to my kids, you know what I'm saying? Because really, you know, it's that, it's that, that is, 
that's my canvas, you know what I'm saying? The, you know, the brotherhood, my experiences um, in that and just through life, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I mean, you guys really didn't miss much, you know, um, I, am all, I am a classical, I like to re refer to myself as classically trained because I am. Um, I do um, like to do a lot of theater, um, but, you know, with the industry, it's, you know, uh, it's an industry thing, which comes down to money um, and, and, and the money is in the film and the television. So that's where initially you're going to be pushed. Um, but um, I like to do it all, man. I just, you know, I like to create and I like to experience life um, and inform um, not only myself, but those around me through my experience, you know, so. Yeah, man. You guys pretty much hit it on the nose, though. Dope, man. Welcome, welcome. And uh, uh, now this is my opportunity to give shit to Jay and Jose for a minute. Did you see how he talked about being a father and a husband, like I do in my introductions that y'all give me a hard time about? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But he did it real. He did it a lot smoother than you. Bro. I hope like, they got that. That's well, because he's classically trained. <laughs> he's classically trained. It was that was a smooth <laughs> delivery, man. You know, I think uh, there's a difference between classes. dialogue and a monologue, man. He gave us a nice monologue. You just give us dialogue, okay? <laughs> just, <laughs> brash, it just comes in. Just, I just come in hot. Just, just information <laughs> overload. Uh, now, as, as Crespo mentioned, man, we go back. Um, I think, I mean, we've known each other now for probably almost 20 years. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. been a minute since we connected. So I, this is awesome. Um, it's long overdue. You're supposed to be on the show a while back. Yeah. Um, um, but we're glad we got you on now. Uh, yeah, yeah. I love. And, and that was that was all me. That was all daddy dude. That is, is you know life, I mean? life happens. I call it, I call life it happens. daddy fall. Daddy fall. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> but no, no. But I'm happy to be here. And I'm glad that we were able to make it happen and that you guys you know, didn't hold it against me and uh, brought me back. To yeah, no, of course, man. Um, I love, I, I love, you know, anytime I see you on something, I'm like the the Leonardo DiCaprio meme where he's like yeah. pointing, like, yeah. <laughs> and my wife is sitting there, I'm like, I know him, I know him. And she's like, yeah, you say that every time this guy pops up on the TV, man. I'm like, well, I know him. <laughs> she's like, yeah, okay, and I'm like, just, Acknowledge the fact that I know him is cool. Like it's you don't know him, so, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to give him some love. Be <laughs> out there, me. You know what I mean? Shit, I take it, I embrace it, and I appreciate it, man. God bless, <laughs> yo, for real. Um, can you can you share uh, with our listeners a little bit of how you got your start? Yeah, I mean, I mean that's pretty. You know, that's a pretty loaded question because it's like, how do you get your start? Like, I mean, it, it, it could have. So I'm gonna break it down this way, right? With, with within the career of, of what I do, right? Um, I started acting when I was very young, right? Um, I would say my first production when I was, you guys remember Dare back in the day, drug abuse resistance. Yeah. So I was in, I think it was fifth grade and uh, we did a production and that was kind of my first production. and. And I don't need, it's funny because I just had this a conversation the other day, actually like Friday about this. Cause I was like, I don't know if that's my first actual show because in the show, there was this robot who was like the narrator of the whole show. And um, I played that robot because nobody in class wanted to play that robot. And I had this robot voice and, but nobody could see me, right? So I go through the whole show. And then after the show, my dad was like, where were you? I didn't see you, man. And he was, I was like, I was the robot. And he was like, oh, snap. <laughs> Yo, that was dope. I didn't even know that was you. So that was kind of like my first show. But 
you know, um, I, I've done, been doing it. So what I'm trying to say is I've been doing it my whole life, right? But it's always kind of been like a hobby. Um, it's and it, it was never something that was cultivated. I was always for a long time. I would say I was a, uh, uh, you know, uh, what's the saying? Um, I I wasn't a master of one. I was uh, how's that saying? Jack of all trades. Right. I was a jack of all trades, not a master of one. And it, so it took me a long time to really get into my um, get into a flow and decide that that's what I wanted to do. And it wasn't to actually till college. You know, I performed all throughout high school, and you know. I did this school musical, but I was played basketball, played soccer. You know, I did a lot of different things. And then what, um, what musicals were you in? I was just curious, oh, uh, in high school. So in high school, the first one I did was The Boyfriend. Okay. Um, and I played the lead in that. And it was really interesting story about that is that when I was doing it at the time, you know, um, I was living in the Bronx and I was going to a school up in Westchester called Stepanak. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but it's all boys Catholic boy, you know, all boys Catholic school. And I was doing it and um, I stopped doing it because I was getting a lot of heat from my, 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 my friends. They, you know what I mean? They were like, oh, come on, you soft, you're doing a musical, that kind of thing. So I had stopped doing it. And I think maybe like two or three weeks later, I kind of was like re regretting it. And I went back to the director and I was like, hey, I really want to do it. And he was like, look, I have recasted the role, but I will let you come back in and I'll let you um, do two or three um, shows. So uh, that was the first show that I ever did. I ended up going back and doing it. And I'm just grateful because, you know, when you're young, man, you get a lot of heat, you know, musicals and singing and dancing. And you come from the urban community, man, that's sure. that stuff is looked as soft, like, man, you soft, you know. So um, I did The Boyfriend. Um, then I did Anything Goes. Um, and then uh, my senior year um, at Stepanak, I was like, had expectations of getting like the lead in, um, oh gosh, South Pacific. And um, it was given to some other kid. And I, so I ended up not doing the musical because I was really disappointed um, about it because I, I thought I should, you know, I had put the work in and should have been the lead. And I didn't do it that year. Um, so that was a bunch, you know, my, my real start was kind of in musicals in high school, that kind of thing. And then when I got to college, um, I had gone. So my father is a, a physician and a pediatrician. And I, I was kind of... I wouldn't say push, but I felt like an obligation or an expectation and un, uh, a, a blind expectation, right? Uh, because it's not something that's ever kind of was said, like, oh, you need to be a doctor. But I just felt like that was kind of the direction I needed to move in. So I, I went to um, St. John's on a, uh, and, uh, un, uh, as a bio um, major with um, cow um, applications. and. That lasted about a year before I was like, nah, this is not what I want to do in my life. I was spending a lot more time in the theater, um, which they had a, a small theater called the Little Theater. And it was after that first year that it was kind of like I needed to kind of figure out what I really wanted to do with myself. And um, that was a, a really tough decision. Um, but I changed, ended up changing my major a couple of times, psychology, um, changed it then to communications and, and thought about changing schools. but had been in at that point for two years. Um, so I decided to stay. And at that point is when I, I pledged going into my third year. So, you know, things will always work out for, you know, the way they, they should. Um, 
But it wasn't until after college, uh, when I graduated, um, I started working at a hotel through a, a, a bro, got me a, a job at a hotel gig um, at the W in, in, in Times Square. I worked there for about two or three years. I did some modeling stuff and was trying to figure out the game. Like I just didn't know anything about the professional aspect of it and decided uh, probably about three years in that I wanted to go and, and really cultivate the, uh, the science behind it, you know, um, because I, I felt like I had a raw passion, um, something very raw for the art, um, but I needed to kind of learn how to contain it and, and really get into the, the history of the work and, and understand it on a deeper level. So I um, submitted for five different graduate schools, Columbia, uh, USC, NYU, Yale, and uh, Brooklyn College. And I had gotten into Columbia, but I had told myself originally if I didn't get into Columbia that I would really um, go into the hotel game um, hardcore. I was like, yo, look, uh, universe, I'm gonna do this. If, if I don't get into a program, then it's basically you're telling me that this is where I need to go. And um, I ended up getting into Columbia, man. Got into Columbia. And yeah, once I did that, it was a three-year program best three years. I mean, just absolutely phenomenal experience, classical theater, Shakespeare, um, all of the classics, uh, really got into the nitty gritty aspects of what the work is. A lot of voice work connecting to self um, and um, through the voice and through your breath. And then uh, when I graduated, um, I, yeah, I ended up with an agent and a manager. And so I guess it's been about 10 years now since I finished. Um, grad school going on 10 years since 2012 so yeah 10 years this year and um yeah man and and you know just figuring it out as I go you know um I think one of the things that's really interesting for me uh in my experience as an actor is you know I, I'm really about the work I really like um connecting and and breaking things down and getting into the nitty-gritty of of what I'm doing in language and um, a lot of the industry is, is, is money. It's all about money. It's all about what have you done, you know? Um, and, um, oh, you got a pretty face. You can do this, that's and that. And I'm like, ah, but I can do other things, you know? So it's been an, it's been an, uh, an uphill battle. Um, it's been a challenge, and, but I love it because it's what I love to do, man. So I'm still fighting that good fight. Um, it's life. You know, you, you said you're an artist of life, right? So right. Like life, we're still figuring it out. We're still trying to optimize or see where we fit, where's our role. And it's very right. fluid. Right. I'm going to so, veer off script a little bit, but uh, Donovan, I'm really curious to know at what point in your journey did you consider yourself an actor, right? Because you started off as a boy, as a hobbyist, right? You, mm -hmm. you do these things, you have these abilities and this passion. But at what point did you like, okay, now I am an actor? You know, where was it? Was it at Columbia, before Columbia, after you graduated? I know there's levels to this, but where, where, at what point did you feel like you felt fulfilled in that role? Um, I would say, I mean, and that's that you could break that down as well, um, because I feel like there's two aspects of that, right? There's the professional aspect, and then there's the fulfillment as a as a human being, as an artist, as um, um, and I would say that first part, or um, as, far, as far as being fulfilled, 
would say in Colombia. Once I got into Colombia, and I really started getting into um, the work and understanding um, how I inform the work and how it informs me. Right, that's the point when I when I recognized it as um, a part of who I was. Right, and um, and really gave it the value of like, okay, you know, the universe. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and really feeling fulfilled um, in that journey of learning um, the different aspects and, and, and really getting into the history, because that's kind of what, what the, uh, the grad school was. It's really just breaking down your preconceived notions of, of what this is um, and uh, making yourself um, a raw canvas, a blank canvas, you know, because there's, there's tons of different methods, right? So it's like saying, no, at this point, I was able to then decide okay, there's this method, there's that method, there's this voice, there's that voice, there's this, you know, aligning of body and this, that, and I could take from this and that and that and this and this and this. And then, and then I, made, I made my process for me, right? It became, yeah. you know, it wasn't any one specific thing that I followed, but I took a piece of everything and it became my process. And that's when I really became fulfilled and, um, felt strongly that this is what I was supposed to be doing. Now, when I graduated from Columbia and I really started to go out on auditions and, um, you know, there's one thing to be an artist and there's another thing to be a businessman, right? And um, one of the things that um, I, I feel like that I've always been very good at is, is, in, is my work and my ability as an, as an actor. I think um, most people that I work with, I've, I've learned how to work with any, any, anyone, however you want to work. I, I, I feel like I'm a chameleon in that regard. And most people like to work with me um, or, uh, or not, um, you know, depending on what the circumstances are. But um, yeah, I, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, but the other aspect of that, right, is the business aspect. And this is the part that I think a lot of people, there's just a lot of misconceptions of, of what that is. And it's a very difficult scenario to get in as in any, any, any field, any, I'm sorry, it's the same thing in the art field and um, in music, right? You, you know, you have a, a manager, you have an agent, you go through casting directors, right? So there's, you have to then at that point, right? You can be an artist for, for years. But then when you are introduced to the business side of it, there's a whole nother level. If you want to make money in this, you have to, you know, you have to start to learn these different casting directors and you have to have a team behind you that helps to build who, you know, how you are perceived. And, and um, then they get you, your manager will then introduce you to different agents and then your agent will then, you know, has the capacity to get you into different casting rooms and then people, you audition. And, you know, there's a saying like, when you're auditioning for a project, you're auditioning for the next project, right? Because what you're doing is you're creating relationships as you go. You know, you're getting people familiar with your work. Um, and as you evolve in that way, um, you know, more, more work comes. So, you know, it's been a process. Um, and for me, I, I've, I've just really, um, I've been hard-nosed at, at, at the process of the business because I'm just like, man, I just want to act. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I just want to do what I love, man. Like, why has it mm -hmm. got to be so complicated? So, you know, um, but understanding that if I want to be able to do this and be sustainable um, and use it as a means of, of taking care of myself and my family, you know, you got to, 
like you guys were talking about earlier, you have to make those adjustments and learn how to evolve and grow into those things. So that's something that I'm still to this point um, learning how to do, you know. Thank you, Dante. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a mouthful, but you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, no. <laughs> um, so staying relevant um, on this topic of longevity. Um, so staying relevant isn't the easiest task in our fields, in the art field, in, in, in acting. But it is possible. I mean, you can look at examples like Meryl Streep, right? Who's oh, had a very long career, very successful, very relevant. So of course we might not all be there yet, but it's something that we strive towards. What do you think it takes to stay relevant? Well, I mean, I think that's, you know, I think it all depends on how you define relevancy, right? Like what, it, what does that look like for each individual? I mean, it's just like success, success. What does that look like for you? I think, you know, on a broader scheme, I think when you look at what um, what the the broader audience would assume is relevancy or success uh, might be different from for each individual. And for me, um, that is different. What what is being relevant? Relevant is being able to uh, is a choice. I think if you mm -hmm. continue to um, if this if you decide that this is what you want to do and you continue to attack and you continue to do it. Um, understanding um, that the capacity for income could be very little or it could be a lot. And sometimes you're going to be dirt poor and sometimes you're going to be hella rich, you know, and being able to balance and being okay within that spectrum, which is why. So, I mean, um, I, I think at the end of the day, relevancy is, is honestly being true to who you are. Um, and um, to what you want to do. I think if you are truly um, believe that this was what you're meant to do, it doesn't matter what circumstances you come up against or um, what other people define as being relevant. If you continue to do the, do the work and you continue to pursue it because it fulfills you and it, and, and it, um, it, is, it becomes a part of you know, your whole life journey, then that for me is, you know, being relevant. You understand what I'm saying? Um, and that to yes. me is success. Um, so, you know, um, yeah. And that's kind of how I, I approach it and how I have to approach it. Because, um, you know, in the beginning, you know, you have a lot of expectations of being Denzel, of being Will Smith, of being, you know, these things, but I'm not Denzel. I'm not Will Smith. I'm Donovan Christie, right? And so it took me a while to really, um, you know, um, come down to earth and allow myself to be who I am and allow my journey to be what my journey is gonna be. And for me, that is relevant. That is success, you know? Um, and I'm just humbled that I can continue to, um, to work um, in the game. And right, you know, I bump, I bump heads with people sometimes. I bump heads with managers. Look. You see this? I got some crazy in here, man. You understand what I'm saying? Like, a lot of people don't feel that. You know what I'm saying in the game? Like, mm -hmm. you know, like great. Like, it, it's something that I've I've ran up um, with a lot of heat. But I'm like, I'm an actor, man. I got dye my hair for a role. But like, if I'm auditioning or doing whatever, then you know, like, if it's a younger role, like the problem. <laughs> one of the issues is they see gray hair and they it's a box mentality, which in every industry is, but specifically in this, they see a picture of me, they see gray hair, they automatically assume I'm like 
45, 50 years old. And then they see me on tape and they're like, oh, this is a young man. We can't cast him to dance. We're looking for a young man. And it's like, so, you know, you run into these different things, but at the end of the day, it's about me being true to myself and who I am. Um, and, and I find that through, there's a lot, it's a weeding out process, right? Sure, I might not get to the relevancy of a Will Smith or a, a, a Denzel Washington or you know anyone who's successful, but that in, in my eyes, that's not what I consider being relevant. I consider being relevant, being true to who I am and the work that comes to me and the relationships that I cultivate through that, that is relevancy to me, man, because with the work that I wanna create and the people that I wanna work with, you know what I mean? That being able to, to grow with those people, that's, that's what life is, man. That's what, that's what heart is, that's what my, and so that's why I live in those concepts. Um, Beautifully said, yeah. You know, you mentioned um, bumping heads a lot and it, mm -hmm. it kind of got me thinking, you, you're sort of seeking your own harmony with people, right? You look, it's kind of like on the art side where you might not like a client or maybe that relationship isn't for you. Maybe that's not what you're looking for. Right. You're looking for the people to work with that you know, better suit yeah, you know, your creative needs. Right, I mean, and not even that. We're just a, a more in, in line. Right. I'm not I'm not going to force nothing, man. Like I, 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 I think so. Very interesting. I'm not I'm not I'm going to name drop or drop bombs over here because I don't know who's listening to this. You want to share it. And you know what I'm saying? And you get put on blast. Uh, all the, all the famous it. people listen. Then, then, like, then they get I just got a I just got a text from Will Smith. And he was asking if he mentioned him. And I was like, Will, Will, bro, come on. You need to calm down, <laughs> man. You. You right. too much heat on you already, man. So you know, right, right. All man, the famous you know. people listen to this podcast. <laughs> so that's what's up. So, 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 I I'm gonna tell you about this experience. I had, you know, if loving you was wrong, I'll tell you about the project. So, you know, for me going into to working with this experience um, um, was a great one because it was my first time that I had like a series regular on a show, and I, I worked three seasons, and it was great experience. Um, because I had a, a nice full rounded character. Um, but we worked at hyper speed. And anyone who anyone who's worked for this specific individual would tell you that's just how he works. He's a brilliant businessman. He's a brilliant creative. But at the end of the day, um, the empire that he's created is based on his business savvy. And a lot of that has to do with the, the speed at which he works and the audience that he he has like he knows his audience right. so you know there's there's not a whole you know when it comes down to it it's about getting the work done like I, you know there's there's not too much you know the creative aspect is kind of kind of shoved aside a little bit because like it's just about getting the work out because he's creating so much um and i had a, a situation where I was on set, we were moving really fast. And there was a specific scene that I was working with this actor um, and he wanted to cut the scene down because me and this specific character, we had a, a lot of tension throughout the uh, episode. And he was like, oh, I don't think we need to take it down. I'm like, you know, I was like, wait, wait, you know, and I, I interjected, which was like a no-no, right? Everybody was like, oh shit, like, you know, but yeah. for me, the process, is collaboration, right? I'm not, I'm not inter interrupting to be or, or, or inter interjecting to be 
um, to be uh, uh, combative, right? To be combative, or, or uh, yes, but but to more to suggest, like, how do we make this uh, a process that grows and and that people can really get into, opposed to just being like, oh no no, we don't want to do that. Let's just wrap that. We're going to do this and that. I'm like, no, we can do so anyway. So I interject, and he's like, oh, so you're the director now. I was like, uh, no, 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 man. I just, I'm just saying, I think that we can do this in a way where it doesn't have to go to 10, right? We can do like seven or eight, right? And then, boom, when we go to 10, like if there's a nice build to it, opposed to just 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, right? So um, he was like, all right, direct the scene. I was like, no, 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 that's not, I'm not trying, that's not what I'm trying, I'm not trying to do that. And every, it was fucking, you could hear a pin drop in this, in, in, in the studio, because everybody's like, oh man, what you gonna do? So I go over to the actor, I'm like, Joe, look, what we're gonna do is this. You're not gonna throw me against the desk and do all this. You just, we're gonna have a real intense scene, face to face, man. And, and people are gonna be able to feel that intensity, right? It's like you throw me on the desk, mm -hmm. but you don't actually throw me on the desk. You know what I'm saying? And he was like, I, I can do that. I can do that. And we do the scene. One take, because that's all we ever get. Yeah, one take, we do it, and it works itself out. And he's like, afterwards, he says, all right, moving on. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't, I didn't get the, oh, hey, you did a good job, or nice. It was, it was just like, oh, moving I'm glad on. I thought of it. Right, 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 right. Um, and, and so, you know what I mean? Like, even though that so that experience was was a great one right working on that show with this this specific individual um i don't know it's it's tp it's tyler perry um you know for so me i was thinking him too That's yeah for, for me ask you later but. yeah no 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 it's totally cool i mean it's he you know he knows like well it's interesting because our relationship like he, my my character was like cast as like this kind of asshole guy but i think he like in life thinks i'm like an asshole i'm like well this is the character i play i'm not really an asshole like i just you know but i think he just in life thinks i'm an asshole so he thinks that in that moment i was just being an asshole to, to, to be an asshole um but you know for me that experience which is uh which was super fast like we would shoot 12 to 15 episodes within two weeks. Like, I would call it like a, um, um, what, like a, not a scene study, but like a, um, it was an, an intensive. You know, that's, yeah, I've, I've done intensives, right? Like, you know, you could have like a weekend where you like really get into the work and it's like an intensive situation. And it, so the, that experience has been, was great for me because I felt like if you could do work with him and do good work, you could go anywhere and like body work. So I, I can, I go on any set now and um, it takes us three days to shoot five scenes. And I'm like saying it's twiddling my thumbs that because that experience has allowed and, and given me an opportunity to feel very comfortable uh, working at a slower pace. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't, it, it's not for me, it's not the experience that I enjoy as an artist and cultivating with the other artists, with the director, with the other actors, and really, you know, bringing this story together. That's the kind of work I like to do. So, um, you know, you take it for what it's worth, you use it as growth, you use it as fuel, and you move on, you know? As you were telling that story, <clears throat> I was actually laughing, because um, I knew a 
from the jump who you were talking about. <laughs> and I don't know if you've ever seen it. There's a viral clip on the internet um, of, of one of his shows. And there's a scene where two characters kind of are confronting each other. And then one hits the other one. And the dude that gets hit kind of does like a spin, like a super exaggerated spin and like falls to the floor. Like, it's just like, ah. And like everyone in the comments are like, yo, what is Tyler Perry thinking, bro? And like, so as you're telling that story, but like, it has to be on 10. We're doing this really fast. One take. I could just see him. Like he does that dude does the most horrible fall on the whole. And he's like, cool. Let's next one. Let's keep it going. So if you ever have a chance, like look up, like go on Twitter and look up Tyler Perry fight scene or something like that. It's like four seconds long. It's the funniest scene I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and so, you know, whenever I, people would come in, you know, you got a lot of young actors who come into this thing, you know, and who get cast. And for me, I, I've always want to be supportive and helpful. Um, but in that circumstance, like, it's tough because you get one take, you get one why, Okay. So I don't know if you, I'm sure you guys are kind of familiar somewhat with it, but you get a wide and then you have close-ups, right? And and then different angles of close-ups, right? And that's generally how it's done. So with him, you get one wide shot and then you have a close-up shot, one close-up shot because he has multiple cameras rolling. So you literally have two opportunities to get this shit done because he's not giving you another chance, right? And, and, I, and I think it's great um, because I think it really, um, there's an opportunity for you to really grow um, and, and, and really figure some stuff out. Um, but I, I treated it like, you know, me, like I have tunnel vision in general with my work and, and with people. Um, and just, that's just kind of how I work. Like when I'm, I am where I am. Right. And so that's kind of how I work with my work. Like when I got like, knowing that he worked like that, I was like, yo, give me every single, I would tell them, send me every single script. Right. And then I was the actor that I was like reaching out to the different actors like, hey, man, you, let's run this stuff. You know, let's let's do it before we get in the room so that we we have an idea where we're going with it um, and we have a feel for what's going on. Um, because, I mean, the work, one, is important to me, but two, it's also my reputation on the line. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, uh, and you already get a, some type of stigma uh, when you work with him. Right. Oh, he's a Tyler Perry actor. Right. And so then people don't want to really, you know, people are like, oh, who does that kind of work? And then you get put in these boxes. So you're always kind of fighting those things. So that was kind of uh, my experience, but nonetheless, um, a great human being who provides a plethora of opportunities for people. You just got to be willing to go in there and um, do the work and knock it out of the park because it can make, it, it's one of those experiences that can make or break you. You know what I mean? Um, and I've seen people go in there and man get shattered with the pace because they just don't know. They're like, oh, oh, you know what I mean? Like, and it's just like, I mean, I've seen scenes don't even make sense. I'm like, wait, what are they talking about? Like, they, that don't even make sense. And you know right away that he was just like, all right, they don't know their shit, moving on. Like, that's not my bad, that's their bad. And that's going not gonna look bad on me, that's gonna look bad on them, you know? Um, and that's not, you know, for me, that's not how I, you know, it's a community thing for me. Uh, so, you know, you take those, again, you take those experiences for the, what it's worth, but then you you begin to cultivate the kind of rooms you like to be in um, and the work you like to do and the people you like to work with. And that goes back to 
um, to swing it back around to, to um, what we were saying, Jose, about, um, yeah, creating those spaces that you want to be in um, and those people that you want to be and that you want to work with. Donovan. Um, so you've mentioned, well, we already know you have a decade, decade plus in, in, in the field now, and you have, you talk about the differences between what you know now and what you know then. Mm-hmm. So if you could indeed go to, you know, your younger, the younger version of yourself, you know, right. before you entered the industry, you know, you know, what words of advice would you have for him? Um, that's a good question too. And, 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 and my approach, I think, again, um, going back to, um, you know, life informing work and work informing life, I think it, it, it all goes hand in hand. I think I would just tell my younger self in general, just, um, life will make you bitter. You know what I'm saying? Like life is hard. Like nobody ever really tells you how life is, how hard it is. You gotta just go through it and experience it. And there's no prerequisite. Like I don't ever remember my mom or dad telling me like, yo, this shit's fucked up. Yo, it's gonna be some, you know what I mean? Sometimes, you know, that are gonna really toughen you up or make you feel a certain way. And I think I would say, to myself, let go of the expectations of what it's supposed to be. Allow yourself to be present in the moment with the people you love, with the work that you love to do. And yeah, yeah, don't, just be present. Like the expectations will only create bitterness if you don't meet these expectations that you have put in your mind. And I think the universe, God, whatever you serve, right? I think we're all here for a reason. And I think those experiences, right, that make you or harden you are there to help you grow. So drop the expectations and try, and one of the, which was one of the things that my kids have given me, try to hold on to your youth as long as you can, right? Be, yo, just, allow yourself to laugh, allow yourself to live, allow yourself to be present and just have fun. You know, you're gonna grow up, you don't have a choice. It's gonna hit, life is gonna smack you in the face. But um, especially for my work, it is just so important to be open um, and not closed. And I think life can, tends to do that. You shelter yourself, um, uh, you protect yourself because that's what we do, you know, um, but if you can do that and allow yourself to be open to new opportunities and perspectives um, and um, don't swallow the bitter pill, I think you'd be all right, man. Yeah. So with everything that, you, that you've learned over the past few years and throughout your career then, on the flip, you have any regrets? Um, I think... I don't necessarily, so, you know, like regrets, I wouldn't say anything specific like that I regret. I think one thing about me, my resistance, I think I've had some resistance to certain things such as like social media, like, oh, which I noticed, you guys have got like Facebook. You guys got like a thing against Facebook or something like that? I have Facebook. Like podcast. Yeah, I mean, I see, I, I, I look, I was like, I didn't, well, I oh, know. We have. No, we have Facebook. One Love has yeah. Facebook. One yeah, Love we does? 
Yeah, we have a group. It it, it exists. It exists. We don't post <laughs> uh, it. It exists, but it's not. Uh, it is. So a Facebook group requires, especially in its infancy, requires an incredible amount of attention and like nurturing. Right. Unlike the unlike the fast pace of Instagram and Twitter and 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 like letting Instagram do its own thing. Um, because this thing it was so organic in its in its development, in order for us to do the Facebook thing, that would have to be actually one of our roles to be a moderator for Facebook. Right, right, just right, to, right, just right. until it gets to the point where a community would serve itself and we only need to like pose a question at the beginning of the week and let the thing unfold. So we're not there um, as far yeah, as... Yeah, I mean, that's a huge market. I mean, I know you know that, but obviously yeah. I understand. I understand. I was just looking, you know, I was, you know, trying to do my research myself and I listened to the last one and I was like... Yo, yeah, I really got some. I really, really appreciate what you guys are doing, man. Thanks. Um, but yeah, so I going back, I would say resistance. I think um, for me, like one of the things that like even when Facebook first came out, man, I was just so resistant to to getting onto it. And, and you know, the socials, I think I just I just feel like it just takes so much of your time, your energy, and I feel like. Oh, I um, think I got, I'm. A, I might call you out right here for a minute. You telling me you didn't have a Black Planet page or a Mihente page? I did, man. Oh, I did. Right. <laughs> Not right, totally but, resisted. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I mean, I, I, I always inevitably gave in to the circumstances. I mean, I have a Facebook page. It was always one of the last people to do it, though. You know, what I mean, I was always like you know, always being pushed, like, yo, why don't you have this one? Like, you should do this. Like, well, my, you know, manager's like, yo, you need to post more pictures on Instagram. You need to, you know, like, how come you didn't post anything about, you know, Chicago PD? And I'm like, yeah, but I mean, I mean, why? <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, because you have an audience. And I think, I mean, I, I get it. I think there's some of the things, some of my resistance uh, with it is I just, I feel like it's, there's just, a lot of fakeness on it, right? And it doesn't necessarily have to be me. And I've heard some very good perspectives on it. But again, me being me, like, right, I just, right now, my main concern, and I, before I am anything, I am a dad and I am a husband. So those things kind of take precedent to everything. So I don't, I just don't have the energy then to go back. And it was like, yeah, but why don't you play the pictures of your kids? And I'm like, yeah, I just don't. I don't, I'm not really interested in letting everyone in to what that is, you know, but I, I, I often get, uh, you know, a lot of people like, how come you don't post more? They want, they want to hear from you. And it's like, I'm starting to understand that there are people who are actually, you know, it's not just about seeing you. There's people who actually appreciate what you have to say. They, uh, they appreciate your outlook on life and, um, and it helps them. Um, so I, I, I want to get better at that, but, um, that take, that's a process, right? Um, right. Um, but it is right. it's Realiz just, realizing that it's not just self-serving, right? Like, right. Hey, look at me, look at me. It's 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 what what can I provide to the world? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And and so my approach moving forward is to kind of approach it that way. I just kind of haven't quite figured out how I want to do that. Um, my brother is an actor um, as well, Jordan Christie, and uh, he's nine years younger than me doing really big things. And we, we talked about um, starting a podcast um, or, or doing more things together, like being family in the industry um, and what that looks like. So, you know, maybe approaching it from that standpoint. Um, but um, yeah, so I would, I would say that I, I kind of 
just that I think life has made me very, has not very, but bitter at some points to the point where um, I, I close off or I don't want to share. And I think um, just allowing myself to be more open and kind of going back to some of my mehente, my mehente days, kind of like suave, like, yo, look at me, kind of, you know what I mean? Like having some of that just jovial, <laughs> sure. just like sh to share and, and to be out there. Um, I, you know, I, think I, I, go ahead. I, I was just, uh, just listening to from what you're saying, you're hearing you out now, obviously we've known you for a long time, but I think like, uh, you know, the medium of, of, of video for you, it, it seems natural, like, right. And so for Instagram to just drop, like, reels of you just of you just saying your thought in that moment and doesn't have to be a picture doesn't have to be from anywhere specific it could be on site you could you can mention it like oh I'm, I'm on site here at wherever right right you right. know um and this thought came to me and it just sounds like this would be the natural way for you to post on social media because all you're doing is just saying something that you would be thinking anyways and then like jose mentioned now it's now it's no longer self-serving it's just it's it's saying hey i think i got this thing that can benefit you or I would love to hear about it back from you, and that's how you create your engagement. Right, right. I mean, I, I mean, it's something as simple as I mean, I think what's really interesting is really just letting people in the process. You know, mm -hmm. I think some people are so, so, so caught up on on this idea of, of you know, posting things that are being perfect or, or presenting something that is like finished work. And I think um, what I think what's important for people to see is process, right? To see that it, it you know, there is a process to memorizing your lines. There's a pro like, you know. The takes that I do for auditions, it's not one, I don't just, I'm not on one, two take wonder, man. Sometimes I got to do it, you know, 10, 20 times to get it right. And, and I think it's important and it's, you know, sometimes it's fun, sometimes it's not, but I think it's important for people to kind of see that. And, um, and, and, and it, it gives people an opportunity to understand that, hey, ain't nobody perfect, man, you know? Um, and so, yeah, um, trying to get, trying to be a little bit more open to that is kind of where I'm, uh, where i'm trying to kind of but yes and i think i think you also i mean you have a you have a journey and you have a perspective right um going back to kind of the social media piece um i, I think where where me personally i see where you can flourish or where you can provide um you know fulfilling fulfilling gaps to what's not out there right now right is is there's younger kids out there or teenagers that can look at you, right? And say, oh shit, he looks like me and he's doing it, right? But how do I do that, right? Cause we all think we live in the age of the internet and you wanna do something, you Google it and then you learn it, right? But there's so much information out there right now that is right. actually counterproductive, right. right? If you wanna learn something, you actually get so much information you end up more confused than when you started. Um, so that idea of just sharing your journey, sharing your regrets, sharing your missteps, Okay, you want to be an actor and you're 19 years old and, you know, let's say what, you're in the Bronx. This is what you should do. This is what you should read. You know, pick up Shakespeare. Like, right. you know, think right. about it. Like you, there's probably a lot of things that you may have learned in, in Columbia, right? That in, oh, Think yeah. about if you would have learned some of that stuff six years prior, right? Well, like yeah. the, the tools, right? If someone would have just been like, yo, if you want to do this, yeah, you can go to Columbia and learn it, but most of the stuff Columbia is teaching you, you could probably just go pick up that book, you know, Absolutely. learn this play, you know, read about this author, this playwright, right, and, and and give you these tools. So imagine, you know, that kid then, you know, is your age now, goes into Columbia, and they're like, oh, we want to do this play, and they're like, oh, yeah, I know this play. 
which which character you want me to read? I know all of them. <laughs> like I read right. it front and back. Right. <laughs> right. Know? Absolutely. I mean, so I think then, that and... I think you know when you're thinking about Instagram and things like that, you, like Dito said, it it doesn't have to be the the image or the picture. It could be the video aspect of it, right? Right. Um, and providing that that guidance for kids that are just scrolling, right? Scrolling, scrolling, looking for, you know, one someone that looks like them, and then two someone that can provide them some kind of like, you know. Uh, clear voice in the noise of it all. Absolutely. And I think what's really interesting about that is I think it took, I think now at this point in my life, I'm getting to a point where I am comfortable with not having to perform per se for these things, right? Just being in my own skin and being able to present that in a way that is just authentic and true, right? And I think before, it, you know, before it, I always felt like I was performing or putting something on. Um, and I think it just took, you know, some wisdom, some age, some life to kind of really allow myself to be who I am and be cool with that. Um, and, you know, I, 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 you know, you gotta fight for that, man. You really gotta fight for that. Uh, but go, also going back, that's, I wouldn't say it's a regret, but, you know, through my life, I just feel like I didn't have that, what you were saying. Right. And so it's really interesting that you bring that up because like I if there's one thing I would have done, I've been doing this since I was in fifth grade. Like if I would have just had someone or somebody give me the guidance to be like, yo, this is what you like to do. Why don't you do this instead of me having to be like, oh, my dad wants me to do this. They want me, my, you know, I don't I probably need to go to medical school. Oh, no, I need to go to business school. Right. Instead of just being like hey man, this is what you like to do, go do this, right? Like, hey, these are the tools that you need to go, you know, when, when I go into, when I went to my uh, guidance counselor in high school, it wasn't, a, you know, it was very basic questions about, okay, we're gonna try and get you here, here, what do you wanna study? Uh, I don't know, medicine, you know, not really asking questions and getting down to, to me figuring out what it is that I wanted to do. And if I knew that sooner, man, like I would have started sooner. You know, I granted, I'm grateful for what my process has been and, you know, going to, you know, because it's my life. Right. So I'm so grateful for that. But like I think about it, I'm like, man, like if I would have started, if, if I would have just went right in from high school into college and went into a performing arts school, like I wouldn't have had to, you know, to take four years in between college and grad school to be like, okay, this is kind of what I want to do. How do I figure it out? How do I live my life? How do I make money? How do I pay rent? Now I want to go to school. You know what I'm saying? Like I would have just did that earlier. So, you know, life is life is, it, it is what it is, but to be able to kind of give that now back to someone who didn't have that experience for me. Right. Um, um, who, who I feel like I didn't have that experience, but to be able to share that with someone like, hey man, like this is an avenue. This is a way for you to go about doing it. If you feel it, you know, trust that intuition, right? Trust that the universe is guiding you in that way um, and take those steps. And these are the steps that you need to take to be able to do that. And uh, yeah, so I, re I really appreciate you, you bringing that up because that's, yeah, man, that's how I feel about it, you know? That's great. Uh, Donovan, lastly, we doubt that you're done, right? So what's next in your journey? Let's be, um, let's be idealistic, you know, let's call something into existence. Like what's, what's next for Donovan? Um, so I think um, just piggybacking off of what James was talking about, I definitely think teaching is in my, 
is in my gambit. Um, it's always been. I mean, it, actually, teaching has always been something that I was have been um, really interested in. I just didn't know what it was I wanted to teach, and I guess it kind of makes sense now, right? What I should be teaching. Um, but um, yeah, I think that's definitely something down the line. I don't know when, what capacity um, I want to do that. But as far as work is concerned within this industry, it's it's you know it's always so interesting because you know I got I got two or three different things that you that you're bubbling on and you're working on, right? But that's the thing about this this career, right? It's until it, until the ink is dry. Until you act, until I actually see myself on TV, uh -huh. you know what I mean? Like until Jay sees you and points at you, right? Right? Uh, yeah. It ain't real, <laughs> yo. I mean, that's and that's the realness of it, you know. Um, there's actually a, a, an awesome bro who uh, I don't know if you guys know Armani Ortiz. Um, Armani went to St. John's, graduated, or he I think he went. Um, I think I was always one. He's probably like six or seven that he graduated, but he's a bro and um, he's a director. And he, when he got out of school, he went, um, he started working for um, uh, P. Diddy and he was doing like documentary work. He's got a very specific kind of vision, black and white. And um, that's something that didn't pan through for him. Um, and so he ended up having an opportunity to work for Tyler Perry. So. He saw was working for Tyler Perry. That's actually how I got the job, which is really interesting, right? So um, he had um, asked me, he was like, hey man, he again, he's probably about eight years younger than me, but he was like, I, I see that you're doing a lot of work and I'm working, I, I'm, I'm, I'm producing my first feature and, you know, take a look at the script. I, I'd love to be able to work with you, you know, if you have in your time and schedule, you know, it's so funny because it's young kids going to, you know, I'm like, look, man, look, it's just a great opportunity to work with, you know, you're, you know, we're in the same chapter, you're a bro. I didn't, I knew you were in the business, but you know what I'm saying? But I think this is a great opportunity for us to work together. And um, I had done that piece with him and that, uh, he showed that piece to Tyler Perry because he's now like a protege of Tyler, of TP. TP saw that and he was like, yo, who was that kid? I want to, I want him to work on my shoulder. Give me his number. And I remember I was working on a show in North Carolina, Arms, and the man, it's a classical piece. And um, one morning I get this call, I get a text and I look at the text. It's from, from Armani and he's like, TV's gonna call you. I'm like, what? Two seconds later, my phone rings and it's an unknown Atlanta number. I pick up the phone he's like, hello, this is uh, Tyler Perry. And I was like, what? who? <laughs> he's like, yeah, man, I, I saw your piece in our, our Armani's um, short film, man, and you did really good, great work. Mm -hmm. And I, I'd love to have you come down here and work on something, man. Um, I actually got this show coming up. Um, and if you can get out here, that'd be great. And I was like, oh, man, this is amazing. Thank you. Um, I'm actually working on a play in North Carolina right now. I'll be done at the end of the month. Um, maybe we can reconnect at that point in time. And he was like, um, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, sure. Sure. Uh, stay in touch with Romani and, um, yeah, uh, we'll see if we can make something happen. Great. And that was the end of the conversation. I was like, and, and afterwards I speak to Romani. He was like, what? You're going to stay in North Carolina and work on this play? I was like, Armani, I am committed to this play that I did. Like mm -hmm. I'm committed to the process of what I'm doing. I'm not going to just get up and leave. And I absolutely thought I was insane because I didn't just like drop my bags and run to Atlanta to go work with Tyler Perry. Um, and, and in my mind now, I'm like, that could have been a seriously a big missed opportunity. 
but it, it worked itself out. Um, that was like in October, right? That happened in October of 2017. And, and I didn't hear from him, um, you know, November, I was done in November, December rolled around, January rolled around and I didn't hear from him. And I was like, all right, well, I mean, at least somebody, I, I know that he respects my work. And so there is something to be able to take him. That's a nugget, right? And um, am I am I boring you guys with this story? Do I no, no, you? no. Oh, okay. No, okay. I like this. <laughs> no, I, I have like seven questions already. Yeah. <laughs> so check it. So I, so I let it go. I'm like, all right. Well, you know, if it wasn't meant to be, it wasn't meant to be. And, you know, um, you know the, and knowing now that this man is very much what's right in front of him, like. Me turning him down, he was not thinking about me again. Like that was it. Like that, that was, was my first take. That was your right. Take. Right. So I was like, all right, I'm not gonna let that. You know, I, I just had to bite my tongue um, with it. And then, interestingly enough, I um, a friend of mine, uh, not a friend of mine. I had done a, a playwright in New York was was producing his first film, and Raven who is a casting director for Tyler Perry, was a producer. So she was the first time she was producing um, a, a film. And so he asked me to audition, me and my wife, and we both auditioned. And we don't get a part, but they're adamant they want to put us in the, in, in the piece. So we do this piece with, with them, and we have an opportunity to meet Raven, who's the casting director. Right? You know, I didn't say anything about the caller. And, you know, you don't say stuff like that. Um, but after we finish a week later, she's like, she sends me and my wife uh, an email. She's like, hey, Tyler's casting this new thing. Um, can you put yourself on tape for it? And I was like, all right, yeah, like, all right, baby, what, what do we got to lose? So let me put myself on tape for it. So me, um, the thing is, I don't work with, I'm not urgent. I'm very, like when things happen, I go, I slow down. So. You know, my wife is like, come on, you gotta get this on tape. You gotta put it on right away, you gotta get it back. And I'm like, look, let me make sure I get this stuff solid. I wanna make sure that I got the material down, whatever. And I, we ended up getting it in a couple of days later. Um, and um, uh, we didn't hear back, you know, a week later, I didn't hear back from them. Um, so, you know, so we just assumed it, it was a done deal. Like, you know, our tapes didn't get seen or maybe it did or it didn't. A week later, I get a call from Armani. He's like, yo, Don, I was just in the office with, T with TP. Um, he asked me what you're doing. Like, he's going to call you. He's, he just asked me for your number again. He's going to call you. And like, literally, I literally, like, he just walked out of the office. So literally 30 seconds later, Tyler Perry calls me again. He said, hey, what's going on? Uh, this is Tyler Perry. Um, uh, I don't know if you remember, I had called you back and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I remember. He was like, yeah, man, um, I got this role. I don't know I if you remember me Tyler Perry calling you I don't know if that was something that changed your life at some point like <laughs> right right and he's like oh Tyler oh that Tyler Perry yeah 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 he's like um yeah man um well I got this this thing for you so like if, you, if you're down if you're available are you available <laughs> like you know kind of making a pun <laughs> like oh you weren't available now and are you available now so I think this is where he gets this like whole asshole thing because I didn't like drop everything at first time around i was like yes sir i would be more than happy It'd be a, a great pleasure so that was how i got um the role of larry which was just a guest star but then turned into a season regular for the last two seasons crazy thing about this is though 
I did that tape, but that tape never got to him. And it was, they were casting two new characters for this thing. And I read for the other character, right? The tape never got to him. So Raven must have seen it and was like, ah, he's, we'll bring somebody else in for it. It was Armani going into the office and they're trying to figure out who they're casting. And it's him seeing Armani and being like, yo, what's that kid's name that was in your thing? I want to get him for this. So it wasn't even the tape that I put on. It was just the mere fact, like this coincidence and divine intervention where I ended up, the thing I put myself on tape for that he didn't see me for, I ended up going in for, uh, he ends up calling me and I don't even got an audition for that part. He's just like, come in here and let's do this work. Yeah. And so it's just, you know, the way things work is just the way things work. So going in, you know, I, I went into that whole long diatribe uh, just because I thought it was an interesting story. But Armani is now, um, I, we have cultivated uh, uh, just an amazing relationship as far as our work is concerned. Um, and he's, you know, um, he's got a very specific vision. He did a, um, a Spider-Man noir um, pilot, which he was trying to get picked up. Amazing work. I should send you guys it just so you can see. Um, artistically, you guys would really just appreciate it. Um, I, I saw it. That thing is fire. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 I know yeah. You saw, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did yeah. see it. The, the Spider-Man it. Noir band, that shit was banging, man. He, uh, and so now um, he wrote this, he's, he wrote this whole season for this, this concept piece based on Atlanta um, during Freaknik. And um, um, I won't go into detail because naturally all these things are, you know, very secret secret until it's actually available but um an opportunity has been presented finally after years uh where he will may be able to produce his own you know his own show direct and act in it and you know me being a part of that he's like yo i want you you know i want you in there so we're supposed to potentially work on that sometime during the end of this year which could be big because we're gonna kill that shit you know what i mean like we're gonna that's just what we do when we get together we just we right. you know you know, there's just certain collaborations when you work with certain people, you just know you're gonna make you gonna make something beautiful. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and then there's a couple a, a couple of other pieces that I have kind of like we're sitting waiting for produce, you know, production, waiting just for money. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And then I'm auditioning regularly on top of uh taking care of these kids, which I, I thought would be I thought being at home and not working would be a better situation for me to put, be able to kind of audition and really focus on the work. That's a motherfucking lie. That's a lie. That's a lie, bro. Let me tell you. It's, it's so I, I had to really figure out a process for myself. I ended up getting up at like crack of dawn, four thirty-five, so I can exercise, read scripts, memorize lines, um, because that's the only time when it's just, mm-hmm. when the kids are up. That's the, my time and their time. So, yep. um, it's been a real interesting journey trying to figure that out. But I'm figuring it out, and um, that's kind of what the future looks like for me. You know, it's it's you just never really know um, uh, when you get a call. You know, it's so interesting. I, I I last week I put something off for Queen Sugar, and uh, this is just uh, an example and. I called my manager and they were like, is he available for these days, um, you know, for this time period? And I'm like, oh, I got that shit in the bag. It's mine. It's mine. And then I just haven't heard back, you know? So it's like, you never know. You know, like the call will, will come. You just, you do the work when it comes. You keep your head down. Um, and you just appreciate the process, right? Auditioning is a process in itself. But that period, 
I've learned that I have with the work has become an opportunity to work. So not looking at the future, but looking at what's right in front of me has kind of been a saving grace for me because it's allowed me to really appreciate what I do and appreciate the work and the time that I have with it. And then you let it go to the universe. And man, when you get that call, you just be ready to sit, you know, to um, knock it out the park. And that's how it work, man. And that's how, that's the flow. Awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah. We definitely uh, appreciate your openness to all of this um, and providing us with some awesome behind the scenes stories. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Anytime, but, um, man. So now, so now uh, we're going to shift a little bit. Uh, we're going to, it brings us to the last segment of the show. So every session we end the same way. It's with a segment called Copy Collaborates. Um, so we provide you with some of the questions beforehand. This is something that we never provide our guests. We put them on the hot seat. Uh, so we're going to give you three names. Uh, of those three names, you're going to have to pick one person you would copy. It could be their career, their style, anything. Uh, one person you would love to collaborate with. And then one person got to go. Copy, collab, erase. So our theme today is longevity. We're talking acting. So the people we're going to give you are Denzel Washington, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Tom Hanks. Ooh. My God. I'm, so stre- I'm so stressed about this, this lineup. Man. Yeah, remember, remember, they all listen to the show. Like, <laughs> adamantly, man. They send me... They sent me Snapchats about it. Yeah, yeah, but but James, you gotta remember, I listen to your show too, man. All right, so I don't know what's up, all right. So I, I know I knew this is coming. Uh, I, 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 granted, I'm not prepared, but um, I didn't know it was coming. Um, dang. Okay, I would say. Mm, 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 mm. Okay, so so it's collaborate. What are the Copy. three again? Copy, collab, erase. Okay. This is very good. So, man, copy, I would probably say Tom Hanks. I just love his career, man. He's just, yeah, man, he's just done such full work. Collab, I would say Denzel, because just collaborate, like, his mind and just being able to, whoo, some of his work. I don't know if you saw his his last, um, his Macbeth. Oh my gosh, child. That man just speaks Shakespeare like he's like it's poetry, obviously, but he it's just it comes out of him like you just understand it. You don't need to understand Shakespeare and listen mm-hmm. to him and you will understand it. Like that's that's the kind of command he has over it. You watch um, that, you watch that, and suddenly you put Elisa, Elizabethan English onto your LinkedIn profile. Oh man, like, right. <laughs> language is English. Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth in English, like <laughs> for real, for real, man. Um, I can't even say it. Look at that. <laughs> so I gotta, I gotta watch it so I can say it. Elizabethan. Yeah. Um. But yeah. But you know, he and he also has the rights to um. Oh, what's this guy's name? Um, playwright. Gosh, I forgot his name. He has done. What's his name? He's just a black playwright. He has all the rights to it. I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, and it's going to kill me because I'm going to look that shit up as soon as I get off here because he's a phenomenal playwright. But um, to be able to work with him in any capacity as an actor, as a director, um, um, I wouldn't necessarily want to emulate his career. Uh, but I would, 
would love this experience to be able to have one. And I guess, I mean, I mean, Leonardo was great, but kick the bucket, bucket, got to gotcha. the bucket. You know what I mean? <laughs> got to go, homie. Wilson, August Wilson. Yes, thank okay. you, yeah, August Wilson. Oh, fences. Yes, fences. But, fences. but he has the rights okay. to all, to all his whole stuff. catalog. Wow. So, do, like, August Wilson did a play for every century in the 1900s. So he's got from for like 1910, 1920s, 1930s, 1940s, 1950s, 1960s, 1970s, 1980s. Um, I don't think there's one in the 90s, but I mean, just a absolute like a juggernaut um, uh, in, 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 in the playwriting field. And it would just be like to be able to work with him on something like that would just be like phenomenal. Mm. So, yeah. All right. So I'll go. I'll go next. Oh, you was. He to race uh, he Leo. Leo. No, oh, okay. you're not coming. Yeah. Um, so I would copy Tom Hanks. I think he just had an amazing career. Um, iconic movies. Just seems like such a lovable person. <laughs> right. And so, under the radar, though, right? Yeah, like, he's just like, not, look yeah. at me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, he's definitely, there's pictures of him where, like, there's one specific one where he just, like, kind of walked up to some people getting married in the park and just started mm. just chilling with them, taking pictures with them. Like, he didn't have to. Like, imagine, like, right. I'm Tom Hanks, can't take pictures with you on your wedding day, and it's just like, okay. Um, so, yeah, so I would copy him. Um, I would collaborate with Leonardo DiCaprio. Um so that afterwards, maybe we could go hang out with some models. Maybe if he's, <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, that's Yo, what he's Jake. gonna do after. He may just like hop on the yacht real quick, uh, go to Ibiza, uh, and just you know hang okay. out. You know, some models here and there. They want to Wall Street, right? Jay, you gotta mute your mic right now, dogs, because you got to kick. You about to kick Denzel <laughs> to the curb. We about to mute you right now, bro. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's, no, uh, it's all good. I get it, bro. Uh, Denzel, I just I don't I don't know the last time I saw him with with models on a yacht. It's just it was <laughs> tough. The criteria. It was tough. <laughs> touche, touche. Uh, <laughs> King Kong uh, don't wanna. Jose, F with models. No, the um, I'm gonna piggyback off you and just copy your collaborators. Um, yeah, I'm gonna copy Tom Hanks. I mean. I love that he can do things spanning the, the gamut of, of comedic to serious, right? I really enjoy that about him. I think yeah. he has a really wide range. Uh, I love that. Right. I, I want to also collaborate with Leo, not specifically for the models, uh, but I, I just. <laughs> not, spe not specific. <laughs> not, you know, not ruling anything out, but. It's not, no, like I said, yeah. if if they happen to show up, then that's cool. <laughs> but like just mentioning it, like, like I wouldn't, it'd be okay. It'd I be really fine. love his body of work, and I also his body, just his body, his dad body of work. Yeah, and uh, his work ethic. And unfortunately, yeah. Denzel gets to the chopping block but not for any, you know, not for his own Woo. i mean he's he, he's amazing yeah but yeah I it's mean, a hard game that's it it is a hard it is a, it's hard, a hard game, game to play hard game. Yeah, it is. i uh yeah i'm gonna 
I'm going to copy I'm going to copy Tom Hanks. Um, and I think that I think like maybe a few months ago, I, I probably would have I would have chose Leo to copy because of the like like genre breaking and, and like being able to do a, a, a you know, a, a sci fi movie and, and uh, you know, something serious and comedy. Um, but then, of course, Tom Hanks still is not done. So then he drops, you know, that that movie with the robot on uh, mm-hmm, on Apple mm-hmm. TV. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess, you know, so I'm going to I'm going to copy Tom Hanks. I'll collaborate with Denzel. I think there's a lot to learn there. Um, I'm not an actor, but I feel like the experiences that he's had as an artist, um, you know, for for all of the reasons. But, you know, whether it was combating racism uh, growing up where he grew up, you know, all those elements, I feel like there's something to learn there um, that I can I can put into not only my art, but in my classroom as well. And then I'm going to erase Leo. Yo, Tom Hanks got the love, bro. Yeah, man. <laughs> but remember, That's copying the... Tom Hanks means that one of your kids is going to end up being Chet Hanks. Chet, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <man. laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. The original uh, that... Island Boy. Donovan, um, I know we, I know you're working on the uh, social media presence, but if our listeners want to find you, where do they do that? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I am on all the platforms except TikTok, tick, tick, the ticket attack, as this old, older folks would say. Now, um, but I need, actually need to work on that. But I am on Instagram, um, Facebook, um, and, and Twitter um, under my name, Donovan that junior um and yeah so you can find me on there i do go i mean i'm not you know you know i'm not like a dinosaur i, I go on from time to time but i don't have it on my phone but I, I will check it regularly um but with this whole idea shift and you know that might have to change soon so um you might see more of a presence uh and we look you know, forward to your podcast with your brother right right that's there cool. you go yeah appreciate that Man, we appreciate you. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for sharing and spending time with us. And uh, we can't wait till other people get to listen in. You're humbled. I'm humbled, man. You guys are doing big things, man. And I am listening. And uh, yeah, man, you guys, I really appreciate what you're doing. But this is this is a gift. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's a gift to other artists. Um, and, and you guys are on, on every capacity, not just... You know, we're, we are artists. I believe life is artistry. And I, I believe anyone can really um, take away from this. So just want to say thank you to you guys for collabing, putting putting yourselves out there and uh, really making this happen, man. It's huge. So thank you. One Love Art Sessions couldn't have been complete without the wonderful guests and even more so our wonderful community. And you, our listeners, we'd truly appreciate it if you took some time to rate and review the podcast. With your help, we could increase listenership and get these incredible stories and messages out to a greater audience. The music used in this podcast was created by Pound, a.k.a. Chris Lee. Thanks for listening. Subscribe. One love.